Life Audio. Welcome to the Jesus is All We Need podcast with me, your host, Jason Sotil. This is a show where we dig into the personal testimonies of people in the news, celebrities, and folks just like you and me in a way that will leave you encouraged. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Jesus is All We Need podcast. On today's show, we have a really cool guest. He is my friend, Matthew Lemke. Matthew is a dad, a follower of Christ, and he is also a fellow author of mine. But what's really cool about Matthew is just his humbleness, his down-home style, his realness about how he talks about everything that he's gone through, how he's had struggles like the rest of us, how, how he's had his ups and downs, but at the end of the day, how he uses them to help others. And that's the reason he's on this show, because like me, I always think, oh man, it's rough. I'm going through some tough times. But when we look to the Lord and say, God, how can I use this to bless other people? That's what it's about. And that's why I'm just drawn to Matthew, because his story is so amazing. So anyways, enough about me announcing you. Matthew Lemke, welcome to the Jesus is All We Need podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> right on, man. So whereabouts can we find you right now? Where are you at this exact moment? Um, as far as social media goes, I'm on Facebook, um, Instagram, um, I have a couple others, but I don't really use them very often. Uh, that Instagram cool. would be Matthew.T.Lemke. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Right on. And, and physically also, where are you right now? What part of the world could we find you in at this moment? Oh, I'm in Yoakum, Yoakum, Texas. Yeah. We're- okay. You're in Texas, in Texas, boy. All right. Texas and California. We got a lot in common, man. So that's perfect. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm just I'm just joking. But yeah, definitely, dude. We're uh, we're going to hit up all those socials and make sure that people can find you because I want them to hear your story. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. 
Tell us a little bit about your childhood growing up. What what were the early years of your life like? Yeah, so um, I was kind of, I was really struggling uh, a lot as far as who I was uh, when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us can relate to that, you know, when we're trying to figure out, you know, trying to do do what we're doing we're trying to grow up um and i often talk about this in my book that you know my my relationship with god was was um very lukewarm honestly um i i believed in god but i didn't really have that full you know chasing after him like i do now um i grew up on a ranch uh in near goliad actually i live in yokum but near goliad so i was kind of a country boy um, I worked cattle all the time and did a lot of, uh, of hard labor, throwing hay bales and things like that. Um, nice. And as I was growing up and getting uh, into my, my middle school to high school age um, is when I started to get my health problems, which is kind of what we're talking okay, about. Well, when we talk about health problems there, um, I don't want to give it all away, but there's some significant things that have happened in your life health-wise, right? Yeah. And so, when and I don't like to use the term normal, but you know where I'm. So, as a younger age, you're working basically as a ranch hand at your house, right? Doing everything yeah. and probably loving the physical labor. And during that time, did you grow up in a Christian home or a non-Christian home? What was your, your home life like? We, so, um, we kind of, we grew, it was a Christian home, but uh, this was, we were more of the type that went to church on Easter and Christmas. That kind I got of, you. Yeah. No, I, a lot of, a lot of people can relate to that, especially, yeah. you know, of uh, generations when you're busy and work weeks are going and stuff. I totally get that, you know, yeah. and I'm in a non-judgmental space when, when I hear that type of stuff, because a lot of folks are raised in that home. Okay, so you're working as a kid, living on the ranch. Now, you mentioned health issues. At what age did you start noticing that you started having some uh, health issues? Um, I don't remember what the age. It was just middle school, so sixth grade, which I think okay. probably about yeah. 10 or 11, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And what what were you experiencing? Uh, it started off with um, tightness in my right leg. Um, and to kind of to give you a description, I couldn't put my heel all the way down. Um, mm-hmm. And and I this kind of goes into the the subject of I was trying to figure out who I was, and I was really struggling with my with my myself um, and acceptance. That's the word I'm looking for. I was looking for a lot mm-hmm. of acceptance in, in in a younger age. And, um, as silly as it sounds, um, this health issue, my, my leg, uh, became sort of like an acceptance from, from people because I had a limp <laughs> and, and okay. people thought All right. was cool. <laughs> you had a cool limp, you had a little swagger to your style as yeah, you're, you're exactly. limping around campus, right? Okay. <laughs> I got you. Now, now it was just like an onset. You started noticing it, but obviously there's probably some concern on what was causing it, right? So there wasn't as much concern as you would think, which is really weird to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just yeah. kind of ignored it. And, and there was also mm-hmm. a little bit of that mentality that I was a guy and I needed to just kind of keep on pushing on forward and not even really like... That's hardcore, bro. Yeah, <laughs> and so we're, we're we're talking middle school, you guys. This is the work ethic America needs to get back to. Here's this kid, like I'm in sixth grade, I got a limp. I'm not gonna let it slow me down because I'm a ranch hand and I got to push through. That's what's up, bro. But my my guess is, and I, I know the story. Over time, it probably started to change. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, it, it about uh, senior 
senior in high school is when it really started to kind of turn around. Um, I I was literally not even being able to use that right leg. Um, I it used I used it as a balance leg really, um, and I put all my weight on my left leg. Um, and about that time, I was starting to get a shortness of breath. Also, um, I couldn't take a deep breath all day long every day. It was it was pretty miserable. Uh, so that's, of course, where I started really actually getting worried, and I started looking to doctors, trying to find answers. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And so, what? I mean, my guess is they, there was no initial diagnosis. Like, right away, they figured it out. It took a little time to figure out what was going on with you? No. So, yeah, it, it was. Um, I got... Um, I got blown off a lot uh, as a younger person. Right. It was more of a, you're young, go exercise. Um, and no. we did a lot of x-rays because uh, I had a lot of pain in my hip uh, is where I mostly had a lot of my pain um, and a lot of tightness in my leg. And then I think they did a lot of x-rays of my, of my chest as well, if I remember correctly. Um, and they just couldn't find anything. And it was a lot of just toughen up. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what they right. said, but it was essentially kind of just. No, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got hip pain, your growing pains, things like that going on. We can't exactly. find it. All right. So not not to make light of it, let, let's take it to realness here. Yeah. What what happened next, and when did it get serious, and when did they tell you what was going on? So it got real serious when I I actually joined the oil field um, mm-hmm. after I graduated. A couple of years after that. Um, I was, I'm a very, I'm about, uh, five, four, 130 pounds. I'm not a very big person. Um, and I was throwing, you know, hundred pounds of iron. I was really working myself and it, it, it got to the point where I couldn't even sleep. Um, when I finally got the diagnosis, I went to San Antonio to see a neurosurgeon and the neurosurgeon actually almost blew me off. And I tell people, I think God was working in this moment in a big, big way, um, because he had said, you know what, just to be on the safe side, we're going to get uh, an MRI of your whole entire spine, uh, your spinal cord. And then that's when they found a cyst inside of my spinal cord. And it was attached to my brainstem, and it stopped halfway down my back. Um, and that was caused by what's called, what's called Arnold Chiari malformation. Um, okay. Yeah, and that's a mouthful. I didn't know what that was. A lot of people don't. Um, it is a brain malformation where your cerebellum tonsils are falling down into your, your spinal canal and it blocks the spinal fluid from flowing naturally. And then the, the oh cyst I had is a pocket of, 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 of spinal fluid that was trying to come down. And the doctor told me it was right. the largest spinal cord he had ever seen in his practice. And you know what he said? He said, I don't even know. What? Um, how you walked into my office and I told him God had my back. <laughs> That's what I said to him. Right. God, God had your back literally physically and spiritually. Yeah. He had your back. So, you know, I'm not claiming to be the brightest guy medically, but being a paramedic that's been one since 1993 and working on the streets, everyone knows my story of working on the streets of Oakland. I know a lot of medical stuff. And one thing I know is the brainstem is one part of your body that if anything happens to it, I don't mean to, let's be real, you're done, okay? It's, it's yeah. you know, if it's severely traumatized, damaged, you know, shot like is a paramedic. So there, there's a cyst and it's attached to this. I mean, so 
Bro, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Did you understand the severity? Were you freaking out? Or were you just with your cheery little attitude that you are right now about it? Not to downplay it, but no, what were you I, feeling, I, dude? That's always been my personality about things like that, or anything really in general. Um, but I, I I did have a little bit of sense of, I guess, fear. I didn't have as much as you would think, and I kind of sort of... <laughs> I almost blew it off. <laughs> I just said, okay, whatever. Um, but they had told me um, that I needed brain surgery. Um, and, right. and I had a moment, I guess. I, I explain it like in the movies when you hear, like when a main character gets like bad news and then they hear like this. <laughs> that's kind of how I was. And I, I just sort of right. just my moment, you know, and I didn't say anything. Right. I didn't really react to it. I just kind of thought about it. And then, I got to that point where it was sort of, it is what it is, you know, kind of mo- mentality. And, um, and then I had, I, I was scheduled for brain surgery and that Bro, was, let me just stop you right there. Dude. Just I, the, the listeners hear me out. I'm this big, tough fireman that goes off at six foot on a good day when I was really in shape, 225, yoked out, you know, running into burning buildings, just doing it. You're an oil worker and, and a cowboy. So, I mean, come on now. You, that's impressive dude. But, bro, here's the difference between you and I, man. All of a sudden, I feel that bloop, bloop in my heart. I'm like, what was that? And then I'm like, Christy, I think I'm having a heart attack or or short breath. I've got lung, I've got lung cancer. Bro, you have been diagnosed with a condition where they said you're going to go and have brain surgery. Like, no, nah, okay, I guess I'm going to get brain surgery. I'm going to tell you right now on that level, you're my freaking hero, bro. Seriously. <laughs> but but my guess is, too, it wasn't just your cool attitude. Was was were you leaning on the Lord at the time? Was there, you know, were you praying a lot or were you not during that time? Let's, let's keep it real. What was your faith journey during that time? That's looking a like? really good question. Um, and, and I kind of, I think I touched on this a little bit in my book. You know, I, I, I was, I was I, I'm being probably tough on myself, but I still felt like I was a little bit of a lukewarm Christian at this time. But God was really working in me in my relationship with him through this. And, and, and I had a really cool example of it, uh, of kind of where I went in a place, um, about this whole situation. Um, my, uh, and, and it's kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but it's not too far ahead. Okay. No, that's cool. I, I was, uh, I was kind of in that, um, that, that, uh, it, when I was getting the brain surgery situated and everything, um, my mom asked me, she said, are you nervous about this? And this, like, it's a supernatural piece. I don't know. It was hard to explain, but it just completely came upon me. And I told my mother, I said, you know, I have like the little bit of butterflies, but whatever is going to happen, God's going to take care of this. And like, and she, she just busted out in tears. I remember it like very clearly. <laughs> Um, but well, yeah, I mean, let's, let's, let's think about this from, I like to turn things around sometimes in a good way. Let's look at that from your mom's standpoint. Yeah. You know, I, I couldn't imagine my child, even the strength that you showed, but still you're her baby, dude. It's like, if my child was going through, so I would be devastated. But, but what I get looking into the story from the outside is what a moment of faith, dude. And what, what a testimony to faith, because I get to talk to a lot of people, a lot of people who've been through just amazing situations, sad situations, horrible situations. And a lot of times in the moment, they, they, they know Jesus is there, but they don't see 
the, the real strengthening in their faith or the growing in their faith. But bro, I've also come across people who are like, yo, God has got me. And Christy's mom, my wife is one of them where, you know, when she was diagnosed with cancer last year and, and she, she was going to pass away. She even just said, God's got me. And you can see her faith. And, and not that I'm saying that you were, you didn't know what was going to happen, but I hear that out of the true faithful followers is God's got me. Is there fear? Yeah, there's fear. There's fear of the unknown. We know what heaven's going to look like per the Holy Scriptures, but God did put fear with the death on this side of heaven. You know, it does come with it. So so what I want the listeners to get out of that is just hear this man's faith as a young guy. He's like, yeah, you know, um, I, I'm going to be okay regardless of what happens to me because of my faith. And you're telling your mom that, bro. I mean, that's a, that's a hardcore story, dude. Seriously, it is, man. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that with us. So, so you're talking to her. Now, what were the doctors telling you the severity of what the surgery might look like and outcomes? And, you know, when they give you this could happen, they have to give you all the bad stuff. What were the bad outcomes that they went over with you? You know, that's the kind of the tough part about that. I actually had the understanding um, that this surgery was going to be pretty routine, um, that um, that um, there was, of course, there's, you know, there's the typical things that you go through brain surgery, like death and all that stuff, you know, that can be, that can happen from that. Um, but I was told you should wake up, you might have some light therapy and then go home after about a night or two. That's kind of the, the understanding that I had been told from the doctors. Okay. And so surgery day comes, you're going through surgery. I'll ask you how to turn out. <laughs> so yeah, I, I went, um, I, I had the brain surgery and, and I'll kind of touch on real quickly. The, the brain surgery consisted of, of opening up my foramen magnum, which is the bottom part of your skull, the, the, the little hole in the bottom. And, uh, then they would essentially push my brain back up <laughs> and put a leather patch in there. <laughs> okay. A buddy of mine, okay. the same reaction like that. He was like, okay. <laughs> um, so okay. that's essentially what that was, is what that surgery was. Um, the hope mm. was to reestablish the flow of spinal fluid, and the, it would break mm. up the cyst. So I had the okay. surgery, January 5th, 2016. Um, the nurse told me that day, I'd never forget that date, and I kind of didn't really take it severe as I thought it would, and sure enough, I never forget that date. Um, I had the surgery and, uh, I woke up initially, I woke up completely paralyzed from the neck down. I had lost all feeling and all movement, um, from the neck down. That of course was a big turn, uh, from what I had understood it as, (laughs) um, a lot of people asked me what I felt like in that moment. Um, to be a thousand percent honest with you. I remember bits and pieces of it because I was still very um, drugged up from the... Oh, yeah, they had you doped up on all the medicine. I get it. Yeah, you're, you're kind of out of it. But, uh, yeah. dude, I mean, look at you. You're smiling like, yeah, I'm paralyzed from the neck down, bro. Come on now. So you wake up. Yeah, yeah. And your lower body, you can't move. You can yeah. feel it, but you can't move it, right? Would be yeah. my guess. Or could you feel anything below your neck? Not really. I, you could touch me and I could sort of feel pressure but I couldn't really right. feel a lot of, I can feel a hundred percent. Okay. So now when you get out of the, the medicine, you know, the anesthesia and everything you go through, which makes you loopy, obviously and stuff. Yeah. And you start coming into your normal senses. 
Yeah. And now you can't move your body. Bro, what what are you thinking, dude? Yeah. I I um it's it's hard to believe, but I had almost the same personality that I have talking to you today. Um, I had a lot of ups and downs. Initially, I didn't really have much of a reaction to it. Um, I remember waking up, and um, and this is, again, this is one of those things that I feel like God just came to this supernatural peace, and he was coming in in this whole situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we were we listened to worship music. You know, we were always listening to worship music. But I had woke up, um, I had the, the air tube in my nose and everything, and I had told my mother, I said, hey, it's too quiet. I'm, I'm kind of a person, I love noise. <laughs> it drives my wife nuts. I, I love, I have to have noise music going on. And I said, it's too quiet. Oh, I know your style. Yeah. And I said, can you please put on some worship music? And so we started playing some worship music, and then they kind of started were letting me know what was going on. So... Again, things were hazy. About a day after the surgery, I started to kind of regain movement. Um, the illustration I give to people all the time is, is think of it like a baby. Uh, when you see a baby, when they're moving their arms around and it's real spastic and they can't quite control it, Ooh. that was literally what was happening to me. Um, right. I, couldn't, I couldn't even scratch my own nose. I, I, I would feel itching on my nose and I had to have somebody itch it. Like that was literally where I was yeah, at. Cause you come in and slap your face right on accident. Yeah. No, I'm just joking. Is like, <laughs> wow. Because I mean, your, your body during the healing process is going to have to relearn a lot of things. We might guess. So, all right. So you're starting to get a little feeling back. You're still your happy joy, but I mean, are you thinking at any point, like, this is not the way I want it to be. I mean, did you ever have that thought in your head that this is not the outcome you're looking for? So I did at one point. Um, it was a little bit later in to the story uh, when I started yeah. actually going through therapy. Um, right. That was where I kind of started to get a little bit of a frustration. Um, and and mm-hmm. I do uh, remember getting kind of um, annoyed with myself. And more of it's because I'm hard on myself. And the other thing about this was is I knew how to walk and how to use my hands, but it just couldn't communicate it down past my neck. So that was where I would get that frustrated part. Um, and I had, right. to, I had to be fed by, uh, by other people. Had to be, and The biggest thing that I, I take away from everything, and this is more of a I, – I, I learned that I took so many things for granted. And the smallest of things that I think of all the time when I'm out speaking and sharing my story is I couldn't even brush my own teeth. And that is something we just do every day. We don't think about it. And I couldn't even hold the toothbrush. Like that's just, that's, that was mind blowing. when that came to me when I started thinking about more into this, but uh, it happened a lot more about a weekend uh, when I was able to really move things and um, try to walk again. Um, and, and that was that was where it really kind of got to that point where I'd kind of get frustrated with myself. I did refresh my refresh my memory. How old were you at this time? I was twenty three. So you're twenty three years old. So I mean, any twenty three year old man, let alone a worker like you, that you know, I mean, you've worked your whole life, done hard labor your whole life, and stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, automatically now have to depend on people for everything and all that. I can totally understand where that frustration comes in. I. I, I I get that, you know, and stuff. Like I say, my injury was nowhere near what you went through. But when I went through my surgeries and that kind of stuff, 
It was like, no, I'm used to fighting fire. Now I'm told I need to sit still for a while and let my body heal. Bro, I, my wife would go nuts because all I want to do is get out of the house and go prove that I was okay. But then when I did, my body proved that I was not okay, <laughs> you know, and that's where the frustration set in, you know, and, and, you know, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but what I'm saying is I get it. So when you're going yeah. through physical therapy of something of such an extreme ordeal that you went through with this condition, bro, I would, I get your frustration. Yeah. Now, my guess is there might've been not, not that you, the Lord's testing your faith, but a testing of your faith during this time of like, come on, God, I mean, was, was that in there? Yes, it was. It it wasn't seen until much later, but yes. Um, mm -hmm. And I often tell people uh, that are going through things that, and I learned this later that God was right in front of me the whole entire time. You know, it, it, He was jumping up and down, saying, "Look at me!" But I kept these blinders up, trying to do this on my own. You know, and, and because that was kind of how I had that mentality. I, I, I could do this. I could walk. I can, I can relearn this. I got my own willpower. You know, I can do this, but I didn't fully depend on God. And he kept testing me a lot because I had a couple moments where I would try to walk. Um, but I didn't fully put my faith in God. I didn't fully chase after him. And I, of course, would fall. Um, and, and the therapist would try to help me walk. And I tell people, that in those moments, that was where I felt that test, you know, because God was yeah. saying, lean on me, you know. Uh, there you go. Well, that's, yeah, you know, that scripture is just coming out of my mouth there that in our strength is where we're going to lose. We're going to fall. We're going to tumble. We're going to, we're going to mess everything up. But when we claim we're weak, that's where his strength sets Amen. in, brother. And Amen. what a testimony to that your life is, especially this time of your life, you know? Yes. So you're going to physical therapy, rehab. Are you starting to get a little, what, you know, I hate, like, again, that term normal, but, you know, pre-surgical and pre, uh, were you starting to get back into that type of shape or how, how were you doing then? Not exactly. Um, and the, the term I always heard from the, the therapist is my new normal. That's what everybody would call it. They were like, you're never going to go back to that normal life. You've had brain surgery that's completely, you've rebooted your whole body is what they would kind of tell me. <laughs> um, okay. Well, but, thanks for that. I, I mean, I appreciate that, but I'm, I, Okay. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't want to hear that. I'll be honest with you because I have the new normal. I want to just do what I can take to get better would be my thing, you know, is yeah. what I guess you might be thinking, you know. Yeah, I got you. So about a, a couple weeks in, I think I started to, to notice a little bit of difference. Um, like I was able to uh, feed myself well with a lot of assistance. Uh, they had to guide it. Ooh. They would take it because I would actually poke my, my, like my nose or something. Um, there's actually a video. I'm not laughing. No, it's okay. I'm laughing about it now, at least. But there, there's a okay. Your smile's making me smile because you're telling me the story. I'm my, my my heart's broken for you right now, and you're making me laugh by you saying you're hitting your nose with a spoon, dude, bro. Forget yeah. the oil fields. You should have been in the firehouse, man. You would have fit in perfect with us in the firehouse. But yeah. anyways, go for it. So you're learning to re you're learning to re eat. You're joking about hitting yourself in the face with a spoon, where most yeah. people throw it across the room. All right, Matthew. Um, go ahead and energize us more with this. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I was going to let you know, there's actually a video I'll show you one day, or I'll show you sometime. That I, they told me yeah. to touch my nose, and I touched my lip, and I made a joke. I was like, oh, that's my lip. Close enough. 
<laughs> That's great, man. Yeah, I, I definitely yeah. have to share that with me someday. So. Yeah. All right. So uh, physical therapy, the hard yes. stages, how long did that last? Because I know there's multiple stages. How long did the hardest parts last? So I was in physical therapy for 27 days. Um, and Or for inpatient, that is. I was in a whole year of therapy. Yeah. Um, but being right. in the hospital... Okay. Um, yeah. And so it, it, it was, uh, it was very unheard of to be in there for that long. Um, but mostly because insurance would let you go. They wouldn't let you stay there, but I needed it bad. (laughs) Um, and so a few weeks in, it was really getting tough with me. Um, I was actually beginning to, um, lose a lot of weight. Uh, believe it or not, if you are in bed for 20 something days and in a wheelchair, uh, you lose a lot of weight. Um, I went from 130 pounds to about 90 pounds. So I was wow, just bro. skin and bone is all I was. Right. Um, it was for several reasons. I was actually having a hard time keeping food down. That's a, that's a whole other story. But I, uh, mm-hmm. I had that addressed. I was fixing that. It was medication essentially just to kind of summarize that. Um, and I was losing a lot of weight from that. And then of course being in the bed the whole time. Um, so about 23, three days in, this is where the big thing happened. It was the, the big, you know, miracle God came in and it's crazy. Um, and so 23 days in, I was about 90 pounds. Um, I had done occupational therapy that day, which is your upper extremities is they're teaching your hands and your shoulders. Physical therapy essentially is walking and, and doing daily activities. So I was doing physical or occupational therapy and, uh, I had just got done. And at that time, 23 days in, I was able to sit up on my own for a few minutes. Um, but I would either lose my balance or I would get pretty exhausted because I'm having to focus on my trunk, which is, you know, your midsection there. And, uh, I'm sitting there. I just got done with occupational therapy. I'm exhausted. And, and just like I'd mentioned before, I kept trying to do things on my own. And, and I think that I tell people that I think I got to a point where I just let go. I completely let go of trying to do this on my own. Um, and, and I, and I think it maybe had done cause I was exhausted. I was tired. I was 90 pounds of skin and bones. And in that moment when I just completely dropped it all, I let the blinders go and I just sat there in silence. I was staring off in space. I had a little bit of a rough day. I wasn't feeling the greatest. And I audibly heard God tell me to start walking again. I, I heard it's time to start walking. That's all I'd heard. And, and I looked at my occupational therapist and I had said, I don't know how to explain this to you. But I think it's time for me to start walking. That's all I had told her. And, right, and, and, right. and she looked at me. Because you don't want everyone to think you're nuts. You know, it's <laughs> in the hospital, right? You know, yeah. and, and I'm not saying you're nuts by any means. But, you know, sometimes when we tell people that maybe don't understand our faith yeah. a little something, they're like, mm, okay, okay, honey, maybe you need a little more medicine. You know, I get that now. So you tell your physical therapist, I need to get up and walk. And obviously we know why you need to get up and walk. What happened? Yes. Uh, so she looked at me and she said, let's go. Um, and, and I, I tell people, um, often that I feel like the devil could have used anybody in that room, could have got into her, put that doubt, said he can't do this. I'm not going to allow this, you know, or put the doubt in me, put the doubt in anybody else. So anyway, um, uh, she looks at me and says, let's go. So what I did that day is I, uh, they put some, um, ankle weights around my ankles 
Um, because prior to this, I tried to walk and I would kick my legs out again, like a kid. I, I couldn't c- control them. So they put those for the safety. So I stood up that day and I grabbed onto her forearms and I walked all the way to my room. <laughs> no way. Yeah. I, was, now, okay. I want to go more. Most people say, what were you feeling? But I want to ask, what was her expression? Because what was she thinking? What'd she say? Everybody was in tears. <laughs> the therapist wow. was in tears. My mother was in tears. People that had been following my 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 journey in that hospital was in tears um, because wow. it just it was it was just amazing that this ninety pounds of skin and bones walked up. and it wasn't a short walk. I wish I could tell you how many feet it was, but it was a long walk. Um, I, mean, I any I walk got, could be a long walk after going through all that. Yeah, man. Yeah. Wow. And, and I got to my room. And I I um, I lay down and I went to sleep. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be that. No, and, I, and I'm not trying to downplay. It. That's truly be like running a marathon with what yeah. your body had gone through. With you know the the true malnourishment that you're going through, not being able to keep food down, your weight loss, your your nerves having to regenerate and do all this stuff, and then all of a sudden you physically start walking again. Dude, that yeah. would drain that would drain everything. I get that, man. No, yeah. wow. And and so let me ask you this: How many years ago was that? That, so, that day or that time? Yeah, that was uh, 2016, 16 or 17. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was 16. Okay. I had the surgery January. Okay, I had January 15th, right. January 15th on 16, um, and that happened somewhere in February. Um, and then I was... So we're seven years, right about seven years, if you look at it on the, on the timeline, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow, yeah. man. Okay, so I don't want to speed it up too fast, but what happened in your life... Once you got out of the hospital post surgery and now trying to regain the life that you had, what what did that look like? So uh, it, when I got out of the hospital and I went home, I did the outpatient therapy for it was about a year, um, and I had to uh, go through all of that again. But it was just I got to be at home um, after that year. Um, excuse me, I was able to walk. Um, and, and I wasn't, I didn't have full function of my hands and I still don't today. Um, I can do everything. I'm fully functional. It's just, I have partially numbed hands. Basically it feels okay, like, um, okay. I got you. And so I had about most of my movement done. Um, and then, um, yeah, I just, I went, that's all I did. I just went to therapy the whole entire, whole entire year. Right. Um, and wow. you might laugh at this because of, of my, my past with, um, I guess, hardworking, whatever. Uh, right. It was about, I think, <laughs> I went a little too soon, in my opinion. I didn't, I thought about this later, but I think about a three or four months, maybe after I got released from therapy, after being, you know, through this intense therapy, <laughs> I went to go work in a warehouse at a car dealership. Bro. <laughs> If I could slap you through this computer right now, I would. I'm being honest with you, man to man, okay? And, and I'm also senior. Do you go, what were you thinking? Yeah. Seriously? <laughs> Bro, I love you. I mean, I love you, dude. And I love your work ethic. And I love your style and your drive. But come on, man. Yeah, I know. You know. Take it easy. So, so how did that go? Uh, it was it was awful. It was a terrible experience. <laughs> I, I not to laugh. Bro, I'm no, not supposed it, to be laughing right now, Matthew, but you're killing me, bro. Okay, so it didn't. So yeah, it ended it, up the way probably most of us would have figured it ended up. So, I, so what did you do for work after that if that didn't work out for you? 
So I, I did eventually leave there um, about, I think it was about a year uh, of it. And it was, it was bad. I, I was, I was throwing up a lot. For a year is what you're telling us. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had left and I went to school actually. I went to college. Um, I had no college prior to this and um, I went to our community college and then I decided to join a seminary. Um, and so I, I'd said that I wanted to be a youth pastor. I actually started off with going to both colleges at the same time. I think you're seeing a pattern that Once I again, we're doing it. Yeah. There, there's, there, 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 I'm starting to see a, a pattern in your history or Matthew, a little thing called overdoing it. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I did go to both that ended up being, um, too challenging. So I kind of, I did flunk a couple right. of my, my, uh, community college, not the seminary. Right. Um, but yeah. now today I'm going to just the seminary, uh, seminary college is wow. what I'm doing. Good man, that's so yeah. good. And what about your family life? Where are you at now and stuff with yeah. with you? Are you are you still that single guy now? Or I'm guessing you're not. Well, actually, I know you're not. But anyways, tell people where you're at now and about your family. <laughs> so I am a married man. Uh, I am married about two years now, um, and I have a one year old child now. Um, it has been amazing. Um, and I'll have to get with you at another time on how we met. That's a whole other God story. That's a, that's a, that's right. amazing. That's actually another book I'm working on, um, of how oh, right on. her right. and I met. It's a, it's an interesting story. Um, but yeah, I'm oh, a married I'm right. man now, uh, one kid and, and it's been great. It's been, it's been a blessing. That's awesome, man. Well, I don't want to speed it up too fast, but obviously yeah. we are limited on time here. But one thing I want to, before we talk about, about your book and where people can find it, of all the things you've experienced, of the the most trying times and the hardest times, obviously we talked about leaning on the strength of the Lord, but talk to people that are going through some hard times right now that just don't understand why they are where they are and what they're going through. Speak into that from some of the lessons you learned. Yeah, um, I, I kind of... So my first book is called Faith Over Fear, and, and I came up with that because I feel like when we're going through like a storm... Um, or, or a really rough time, you know, we have two, two different roads, um, of faith or fear. And, um, you know, the fear road looks kind of nice, to be honest with you. It, it looks easy. Uh, I kind of jokingly say it looks like it's plated with gold and it, it looks like it will right. be the best way. And then the, the road of faith, could have some thorns, you know, it could look rough. It may not look the greatest, but I tell you what, when you get past all of that, it is just paradise. It is the best thing Amen. that you could ever get to. And, and the, that fear road is not worth it. It's, it's, it That's looks so good, good. <laughs> but it's not. Right. No, dude, I love that, man. You know, because, you know, People that I talk to all the time, the last Jason. So the day that you became a Christian was everything all better. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I'm still in this fallen world, full of broken people. And what I love is you're explaining about when you're on that faith road, when you're in the faith side, you're in the light, and in the light is where the fruits are. And it's not like if you do this, I'm going to reward you. God doesn't say He's going to do that. What He's saying is walk in faith, and that's where the good things are. Yeah. Are you going to encounter hardships? Well, yeah, because we're on this fallen world, full of broken people. 
But when we're in the light, we're still following him and he'll walk us through those troubles, man. I appreciate you uh, sharing those. All right, bro. So uh, break it down. Where can people find your books? Because I want them to read your stories because not only are they heartfelt, bro, the humor that you throw into it, it kills me. Like I should not be laughing at a man who's paralyzed, bro, but you're making me laugh. And and that's a gift that many people don't have because, again, you're not making fun of anyone. But you're using your hardships, and I truly believe that in there's a lot of truth in humor. You know, we can pull truth out of that too. So, but I want people to read your book. So, where can they find your books? Where can they learn more about you and all that good stuff? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, my books are available pretty much mostly where you could find them: Amazon, Walmart, uh, Barnes and Noble, Target. Um, the that's pretty much where they're at. The cool thing about the Walmart thing is. And I did talk about this. I connected with the CEO of Walmart, and he put my nice. books, my books on on his website. <laughs> oh, so, that's yes. fantastic! So they go there, they they can Google your name, Matthew, Matthew Limke. Yes. And what are the name of your books? Faith over fear is the first one. Um, that's my memoir. It's, it's more of a mm-hmm. in the person thing. Uh, and, and then it's Chronic Faith. That's a brand new one that came out this year. Uh, it's a fiction version. Uh, an author friend of mine kind of jokingly said, you should write a fiction version. And I laughed at him and I didn't think it was a good idea. And then one day I wrote like 4,000 words in one sitting and I said, okay, I guess this is happening. <laughs> there you go. So if people go on there and they search faith over fear and chronic faith with your name, Matthew Lemke, they'll be able to find that book. Yeah. Um, my friends go out there. Oh, go ahead, buddy. Go ahead. Sorry, yeah, if you put faith over fear, so many things, as you can imagine, pops up. Right. Transformation of a Matthew Limke, L-E-M-K-E. <laughs> yeah, I get the Matthew Limke there. Yeah, for sure. I'll, we'll, be, we'll definitely post a, uh, a link on there, too. We'll get that for you. So, anyways, brother, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for inspiring us. And for those of you listening, go out and grab his books because they are going to bless you on so many levels. I promise you that. Hey, Matthew. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You, I really appreciate you, man. Thank you. I hope you found this episode as encouraging as I did. Be sure to click the like, subscribe, or whatever button you see that will notify you of future shows because we have some awesome guests lined up that you're not going to want to miss. Until next week, remember this, my friends. Jesus is all we need. I love you guys. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. So head on over to lifeaudio.com and check them out. I found myself on a ledge, three stories high at some condominiums, contemplating my life and struggling to understand my purpose. Have you ever found yourself on the ledge? My name is Billy Yates. I'm a caring father, mentor, and friend. In my new podcast, Billy and the Goat, I share the life-changing events that shaped who I am today to remind you that no matter how far you've fallen, God can help you get up and thrive. Listen now at lifeaudio.com.